Welcome to GBMA Education's Biosimilar podcast series. As the development of a biosimilar medicine can have a more streamlined clinical trial program compared to the reference product, biosimilar medicines have the potential to enter the market with lower overhead costs and the ability to offer reduced prices to both hospital formularies and the pharmaceutical benefits scheme. In this, the 11th episode in a series of 12 podcasts, Barry Jenkins, Chief Pharmacist, will provide his experience and journey introducing a biosimilar brand of infliximab into the hospital formulary from both a practitioner and patient perspective. Welcome, Barry Jenkins, and thank you for participating in GBMA Education's Biosimilar podcast. When did you first use a biosimilar medicine? In 2017, we listed the biosimilar for infliximab, and we did that because we could see that there were some cost-saving opportunities, and we really wanted to reinvest those into better patient care. Can you outline the process that you undertook in your hospital to change to a biosimilar medicine? Yeah, the process we went through was to look at both the reference product and the biosimilar to determine which one was the most cost-effective. So that involved some negotiation with the pharmaceutical companies involved. And once we had a sense of the potential savings we could make, we then wanted to reinvest those back into better patient services. And that involved putting on an extra pharmacist um, so they could make the infusions in the day medical procedures unit. So there was several steps here. We had to talk with the gastroenterology department, the major user of that bias of the infliximab, to see if they had any concerns about potentially switching patients. We also needed to get approval from the executive to put on an extra pharmacist with the savings. And then we needed to go through an approval process by the Drug and Therapeutics Committee. What was your role in bringing the biosimilar medicine to your hospital? My role in bringing the infliximab concept forward, that is to use, to potentially use a biosimilar, was to, to in my uh, meetings with pharmaceutical companies, understanding the market situation, understanding um, the logistics around bringing a biosimilar in uh, and, and calculating any cost efficiencies we might gain from the proposal and then also how to leverage off that opportunity. So all of that information had to be encapsulated uh, for people that have never heard of biosimilars before and to try and explain why this is an important opportunity for the hospital and then to come up with uh, a process recommendation for assessing it and moving forward on, on whichever option we chose. What concerns were raised by the clinicians when you first discussed switching to a biosimilar medicine? In terms of the process, we had a really good collaborative relationship with gastroenterology and as the main user, we wanted to engage them over the process and, and whether they had any concerns about switching patients from reference to biosimilar or whether they were more comfortable with just initiating naive patients on the biosimilar. Um, at this stage, we didn't know whether we would stay with the reference or the biosimilar, so it was an open question, but we needed to understand whether they were comfortable with that process. And I guess the main, um, the main concerns they had were not necessarily with the science of using a biosimilar, it was more to do with how do we, how do we talk to patients about it, how do we get their buy-in and, and how do we target the most appropriate patients to switch. Was there a patient selection process? I think the, the patient selection is a really important part of the switch process. So in our case, we wanted to select patients that were doing well on therapy, um, were uh, very comfortable with the information we had given them and were happy about 
the science of it and the, and the approach we were taking. Um, conversely, we didn't want to pick patients that were perhaps too anxious um, or perhaps that they were already beginning to fail therapy through developing antibodies. How did you inform the patients of the switch to a biosimilar medicine? Once we had the approval of the executive to appoint a pharmacist and we had the Drug and Therapeutics Committee happy with the approach uh, and the gastroenterology department happy with the science and the concept of switching patients, then it was a matter of, well, how do we do it? So we set about designing a patient information leaflet and we wrote a letter, so collaboratively pharmacy and gastroenterology uh, drafted a, a letter that would go out to each patient uh, explaining um, what a biosimilar was and why we were doing this. And it was really an upfront decision about, uh, about informing them um, so that the process was seamless. And did the patients have many questions about their switch to a biosimilar medicine? Patients are very diverse in their information needs. So I think most patients, um, once you've established that trust and, and, and the confidence in the process, then some patients don't really want to know much at all. But then there are, are people that do want to know a lot. So I think, I think you need to be prepared to, to be able to answer those questions that delve a bit deeper. Um, but our experience is that most patients just needed the basics. What advice would you give for hospitals considering the listing of a biosimilar medicine? I think the process for biosimilars coming onto the market and, and consideration by hospitals and drug and therapeutics community needs to be assessed uh, uh, freshly each time because it, it's a different specialty, a different patient cohort perhaps. And we have got some drugs coming onto market in the oncology space and uh, the haematology space. And I think really you just need to look at it new. It's not a cookie cutter uh, approach. Has the introduction of biosimilar medicines changed the way you manage your drug formularies? With the introduction of biosimilars into the market, hospital pharmacies have had to change the way they manage their drug formularies. So traditionally, we would only keep one brand of a drug because that's safer um, and we would get the most cost-effective brand. But with biosimilars, and because some patients will not be switched, we need to be able to keep all brands potentially of reference and biosimilar brand. And therefore we need to have really good procedures in place to ensure that patients don't get the wrong drug dispensed to them. So how has the use of biosimilar medicines benefited your hospital? I saw an opportunity to reinvest the savings into a pharmacist that was able to compound infliximab infusions in the day medical procedures unit. And why this was good was that at that time we had two hour wait times for infusions for patients and if we brought the pharmacist into that unit, integrate with the nurses and the medical teams, we could deliver that infusion within 20 minutes. Thank you, Barry Jenkins, Chief Pharmacist, for joining us. We appreciate your time. For those listening online, we would like to thank you for listening to the Biosimilar podcast series by GBMA Education. If you'd like to know more about biosimilar medicines in Australia, please visit the Biosimilar Hub at www.biosimilarhub.com.au.